Welcome to Life Isn't Lived on a Spreadsheet with Ryan Potterack from Potterack Capital Advisory. You have unique values, objectives, fears, life experiences, and biases. Any financial professional who ignores or minimizes the importance of your story may not be able to help you achieve your ideal outcomes or hit your goals. It's time to experience the PCA difference. In this podcast, we help business executives, soon to be retirees, and solutions-based individuals overcome the anxiety leading up to their upcoming years. We do this by initiating in-depth discussions about the financial aspects of retirement, like tax planning and asset allocation, alongside, and often overlooked, personal and lifestyle aspects. Join us for this journey where we explore retirement from a contrarian point of view, as Ryan draws from years of experience and qualified guest professionals to help you explore the true purpose of your money in retirement and the impact you want to make in your golden years. Investment advice offered through Private Advisor Group, a registered investment advisor. Private Advisor Group and Potterack Capital Advisory are separate entities. This information is not intended to be a substitute for individualized legal or tax advice. Please consult your legal or tax advisor regarding your specific situation. Ryan Potterack has talked about the good, the bad, and the limitations of traditional 401ks. Now, this time, he tackles turning that traditional IRA into a Roth IRA. What does it take to do a Roth conversion, and is it right for you? Ryan is with me, Patrice Sikor, to hash this all out. But first, Ryan, the Roth version of an IRA hasn't always been available, has it? Hey, Patrice, uh, you know, you're correct. It, it has not always been available. I don't even know the specific year. Um, prob- I'm going to guess in the early 2000s, it became a thing. And I don't remember the full name, but the Roth, it was actually a name of, I believe, a senator, but definitely yeah. an elective official that took the lead on it. Yeah, I, I don't remember the details either, but I do know it was a person who right. said, let's do this. So we're talking Roth conversions. Well, explain to me a Roth, first of all. What is the benefit of having a Roth? So if we the benefits of having a Roth IRA is that the the money and the investments inside a Roth IRA grow tax free. So you can let them grow tax free indefinitely. You can also withdraw um, not only what you invested but also earnings tax free. You can withdraw tax free from a Roth IRA, and then also Roth IRAs are inherited without income tax at all. So it is like having uh, that's one place where you've got a, a moat around that money and investments in which the IRS cannot get over to tax you on the on the earnings uh, and the investments held within a Roth IRA. But it does not mean the government has not gotten its taxes on some of that money. Correct. Yes. Yes. Which brings us to the conversion. <laughs> All right. So what is a Roth IRA conversion? I guess first off, I would say anyone in our audience of any age, if they own a traditional IRA, is eligible to do a Roth conversion. So there's no there's no age component to it. There's also no income component. So anybody in our audience with millions of, of uh, earned income a year or zero is also eligible to do a Roth conversion. Uh, and then the amount that is converted can be 10 bucks or a million. There's no there's no uh, limitations to that. So what a Roth conversion is, is so you take somebody who has a traditional IRA. So what 
the money that goes into that traditional IRA is um, is pre-tax money. And for for this discussion, there are ways in which people can put after-tax money into a traditional IRA, but it's it's so uncommon and so rare. We're going to just set that aside. But I didn't want to do that without at least that little disclosure. Mm-hmm. Okay. So tradi- traditional IRA is pre-tax money that has not ever been taxed as income. And a Roth conversion is making the decision. Let's say that somebody was going to do a Roth con- conversion of 25 grand. Well, the 25,000 would leave their traditional IRA. Uh, and, and money leaving a traditional IRA, whether a person was doing a $25,000 Roth conversion, as I'm going to describe in my story, or they simply said, I want to withdraw 25000 In either case, the 25000 is subject to income tax in the year in which that withdrawal or Roth conversion mm-hmm. is done. Now, to the Roth conversion, the $25,000 goes from the traditional IRA into a Roth IRA, where now that twenty-five grand is in a nice, comfortable home in which forevermore, the, the growth is tax-free. Again, it can be withdrawn tax-free. It's inherited tax-free. But so the, the trade-off is when that conversion was made is $25,000 is added to other income, dividends, interest, earned income. And subject to taxes, so so that's where uh, there causes hesitation uh, on a client standpoint or in our planning. However, not too much earned income. Whether you're single or married, if you if you make too much income, ballpark. If you're a married couple and your and your earned income as a as a team is in the neighborhood of two hundred thousand, the IRS is going to say, nope. You can no, you cannot make a Roth conversion. You make too much money. I think it's important to distinguish between the two ways that anybody, you know, that we can get money into a Roth IRA. There is the contribution and the Roth conversion, which is principally what we're going to talk about today. But in order to do a Roth contribution, first of all, the individual has to have earned income. And earned income is earned income from employment. It's not pension income, social security, dividends, interest, rental income. But if an individual has earned income from employment, then they can contribute to a Roth IRA up to $6,500 in a calendar year, $7,500 if they've had their 50th birthday. Hmm. Now, when I say they must have earned income, Patrice, they can't have too much earned income because, for example, a married couple as a team, if they have total income in the ballpark of 200000 then they they make too much income, and therefore the IRS says they're no longer eligible to make a Roth contribution. So, yes? No, I was just going to say that that's rather limiting. It's very limiting. It's very limiting. Now, full stop same married couple or any individual out there of any age, any income amount. That's why I prefaced that earlier in our discussion. Mm -hmm. If they have a traditional IRA, they can convert as much or as little as they wish to a Roth IRA. So the, the, the planning aspect is, okay, whatever you convert is going to be subject to income tax, income taxes in the year of the conversion. So this is where we get very detailed in our tax planning 
with the families we serve and say, okay, what are all the income sources from everywhere? Uh, we also typically dial in in the fourth quarter of the year because that's where the year's mostly played out. We can be much more accurate in, mm. in their income, regardless of sources. And then once we have that income, Patrice, from all other sources, we can look at the tax brackets for that calendar year. Those are fixed. They're not moving. And we can say, okay, is there room to add additional taxable income, but not go to a higher income tax bracket? Or for those that are of an age, um, it would actually be 63 and older, some people are not aware that Medicare premiums, people are eligible to get Medicare at age 65, the cost of their Medicare premiums is going to be based on their income. And the reason why I mentioned 63 is the income for anybody in our audience in the year that they are 63 years of age, that income will affect their Medicare premiums yeah, in the year they're 65. So there's like a year lag, not to get too much right. in the weeds, Absolutely. but here's the thing. If we if we look at the tax brackets, Patrice, and we say, okay, from a tax bracket, we can convert 25,000 to a Roth IRA. We don't go into the next tax bracket. The Medicare premiums have a complete have completely different thresholds and they're based on gross income, not taxable income. So there's a couple of tiers uh, that that take diligent research and and tax planning that we do for the families we serve to make sure that okay, what is the actual cost of converting traditional IRA to Roth IRA? Um, so that's that's a process. And I guess the one of the mo- one of the biggest challenges for clients that I found uh, over many years is they look at that tax amount in the conversion as a cost. And I can understand that's where people's minds go first, but it's important to un- to really understand that all of the money in a traditional IRA is going to be subject to income tax. It is not avoidable. Hmm. So you really have an embedded cost. Uh, at some point in the future, that money is going to come out of that traditional IRA. If not for the the actual traditional IRA holder in our audience, but even if their kids inherit it or whoever inherits it, that's still pre-tax money subject to taxes. So that's where we look at and say, okay, if somebody is currently today in the 22% tax bracket, just to use part of our story, and then we look at, well, what are the prospects of your income going going down uh, from an income tax bracket standpoint? We could we could be pretty accurate and say, you know, we're probably in the lowest bracket we're ever going to be in looking at income going forward. And if they still have room in that 22% tax bracket, that's where we'd say, okay, mm-hmm. yes, we pay taxes at 22% to do the conversion. But if we don't do the conversion at some point down the line, maybe it's not 22% because tax brackets go up. Maybe now it's 25% of the share they get. Well, no, we're in an environment right now where the tax cuts of the prior administration, uh, all the tax brackets sunset at the end of 2025. So in 2026, the 12% tax bracket today, absent Congress and a president agreeing all at the same time, which could be a bit of a more than a hill, maybe a mountain. (laughs) Right now. Uh, But but the 12% bracket will become 15% in 2026 as it was in 2017 
the 22% bracket becomes 25. And then the 24% bracket today becomes 28. So the prospect of whether retired or working, there tends to be a, a, a natural rhythm from year to year where uh, absent a major life change, the income and therefore the income tax bracket people fall into tends to be fairly consistent um, and, and doesn't go down because who wants to reduce their lifestyle? Right. So these are the factors that we look at and making a, when we work with and partner with our, our, our clients and the families we serve, look, seeking to save them money through tax planning is much more fact-based than attempting to select what investment is going to best serve them in the next year. Talk to me about those inherited IRA tax dollars. Well, inherited IRAs, uh, you could inherit a traditional IRA, you could inherit a Roth IRA. So if you inherit a traditional IRA, again, pre-tax, well, first of all, if it's a spouse inheriting the traditional IRA, that's the most favorable in that that spouse can just move forward as if that IRA was theirs from the beginning. So that's a little bit different. Now, if it's inherited, as it most of the time is by our kids, then our kids must completely liquidate the inherited IRA amount over 10 years mm-hmm. following following the death in this example of a parent. So depending on the size of the IRA, and also the thing about it, Patrice, is that when, not in all situations, but when parents pass away, their children, particularly financially successful, may be in the best earning years of their life. Parent passes away early to mid 80s. Their kids may be 55 to 65 getting paid maybe at a much higher tax bracket than the parents were. Uh, But inherited IRAs remain subject to income tax, as well as there's much less flexibility in distributing that. It must be completely liquidated over 10 years. Now, contrast that with money that an individual, or in my story now, a parent was able to get into a Roth IRA where the kids inherit the Roth IRA not a tax event event because when you inherit a Roth IRA, it's tax free. But in addition to that, the kids in my example, they can let that Roth IRA grow for a decade, also the ten year time frame, but all growth in the ten years after the original Roth IRA holder has passed away is all tax free growth. So they can let that run last day of the 10th year because they still have to liquidate the Roth IRA in total within the 10 years, but then they liquidate that no tax event because distributions from a Roth IRA are income tax-free. So the Roth IRA, however you get the money there, contribution or what we're talking about right right now in terms of uh, conversion, it is an extremely powerful Mm -hmm. tool over time. It's not a panacea in a single year. Uh, Now, whether it's the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do in a specific household can vary year to year. I'll give you one example, Patrice. Let's say that there is a traditionally high income couple uh, and let's say they're young. Let's say they're in their early 40s. But for whatever reason, they decide to leave the corporate world and start a business. So maybe when they were both in the corporate in the in the grind and all that, they built up a lot of traditional IRA money. They were mm-hmm. they were savers. They got you know a million dollars in a traditional IRA, but now getting out of the corporate world that that first year, it's a startup business. 
They don't have any income to speak of. So now all of a sudden they're in an extremely low tax bracket, lower than they might have been in for a long time. But this could be a blind spot for people who have always thought of themselves, well, we, we make a lot of money that Roth conversion, nah, that's that not, doesn't fit us. But that can be a unique opportunity in that year to do a larger Roth conversion where they're converting some of that taxable money at the 10% bracket, some at the 12, some of the 22, maybe even some of the 24, if this is a couple that's used to being way up at the top mm -hmm. at 35, 37%. So I would say to our audience out there, regardless of your age, circumstances, what have you, if you have traditional IRA money, having the discussion around whether the Roth IRA is right for you in the current year is a discussion you should have every year. It may be a short discussion where, okay, with a qualified you know, wealth manager, financial planner, or working with our firm, it's just, okay, the, the facts are what the facts are. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's a great habit to get into to not just assume ah, every year is the same thing. It can be a real opportunity missed because if you're going to do a Roth conversion for 2023 or any calendar year, it must be completed by the close of the day, December 31st. So by the time the ball comes down in Times Square in Manhattan, <laughs> you have to have had that executed. You can't just say, yes, I want to do it to your advisor it must be executed. How long does it usually take to to get this done? The act itself is is easy. Just the simplest thing. Let's just say somebody had a IRA at their bank. They wouldn't typically, but they could walk into that bank and say, okay, I want to convert it to a Roth. Um, they open up a Roth IRA in, in the account and the money never leaves the building. It just goes from traditional IRA to the Roth IRA. It can be that simple uh, at your brokerage firm. And we use Charles Schwab as a custodian for our clients. But you still get in the it's it's still a humans that are involved and mm -hmm. and you have sometimes an administrative backlog towards the end of the year because a lot of people have chosen to wait to the last minute decide okay is this the right thing to do I would encourage allowing if you're going to do it right at the end of a calendar year allowing at least two weeks because if you're doing it based on the current year's facts and it makes sense. If for whatever reason, outside your control or inside your control, it doesn't get executed till January 1st, tough. It's a whole new year. Oh. And so if it's actually executed January 1st, now you've got taxable incomes. Year. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it counts and you can't undo it. There used to be where you could what's called, what used to be called recharacterize. You could do a conversion. Then maybe when you filed your taxes the following year, you said, ah, you know, we, we weren't quite accurate enough. There was income that we didn't count. And you could get a do-over. You could recharacterize and undo it as if it never happened. Uh, that's been gone for probably seven or eight years now. So working with a qualified professional in this area is important. Just one last question for you as we wrap this up. You promise? I promise. Absolutely okay. promise. Maybe. You have really smart clients. Do you ever have them still come in and say, look, I don't want to pay the taxes now because I'll be in a lower tax bracket when I get older? All the time. Yes, we have smart clients, but uh, I would say being smart intellectually and smart in whatever chosen career doesn't make you smart at everything. Thankfully, because that keeps me <laughs> well right. well employed. <laughs> and, and, and so- it really comes down, the conversation, everybody in our audience should consider the possibility it could be in their best interest. 
However, it is very specific to the facts in a household, the income itself, where is the income coming from in terms of different sources, what kind of deductions they might have, exemptions, that sort of thing. It is right now with the standard deduction, if you take a, let me just say a 65-year-old couple that has a gross income, I can do this off my head real quick, like mm-hmm. 115 grand. That's a that's a lot of income in retirement, but after deductions, they're actually in the 12% bracket. So it, I've asked people all the time, what tax bracket do you think you're in? And people almost without exception overestimate. Mm. So it, so if you're a couple on the break of retirement making 115000 of household income gross, you're in the 12% bracket. Now you retire and now your gross income, let's say, is 70. You know what bracket you're in? You're yeah. in the 12% bracket. So, you, so this, you know, the <laughs> right, lot, right. There's some things that we just start to accept as truth that aren't specifically true if if we actually put some critical thinking to it, which, as you know, in these podcasts, I kind of put on everything. Which I enjoy. And I do have one more question for you. How do people reach you? Well, you know what? I have one more comment before I share that. <laughs> Because not all companies, but some companies, this was eligible maybe in the last decade, have a Roth 401k. So remember I said, if you make too much earned income, you can't contribute to a Roth IRA. But if your company, and so I would encourage anybody out there that has a 401k at their company, ask and see if they have a Roth 401k option. Because your income does not preclude you from donating or not donating, but uh, through your payroll, mm-hmm. putting money into a Roth 401k, there are no income limitations. So for higher income earners, if your company has a Roth 401k, it can be a real opportunity. If they don't, you have a reason to talk to them to get that in place. So I can always be reached at 704-366-5776. We're also out there, our website, www.potterack.net. Potterack is P-O-T-E-R-A-C-K dot net. Uh, and we're also on Facebook, Twitter, and what's the other one here? Uh, LinkedIn, of course. So uh, easy to find us. And uh, Anna Hopkins, who had her 16th anniversary working with our firm, is usually the one that's the, the first <laughs> contact. She knows all the answers to all the tough questions. Well, congratulations to Anna. She is on top of stuff, too. I'll tell you that right now. Definitely. Yep. Yeah. All right, folks, retirement is best enjoyed when you've planned for it, but life is not lived in a spreadsheet. So follow Ryan's podcast with latest episodes and insights and share with those you care about. Also, let Ryan know what topics you might want to learn some more about. And thanks for being with us. Thank you for listening to Life Isn't Lived on a Spreadsheet. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. To ask questions about topics covered during the show or get a copy of Making It Count, Life Isn't Lived on a Spreadsheet by Ryan Potterack, visit www.potterack.net or give us a call at 704-366-5776. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Potterack Capital Advisory. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. 
Potterack Capital Advisory does not offer legal or tax advice. Please consult the appropriate professional regarding your individual circumstances. Nothing contained herein is to be considered a solicitation, research material, an investment recommendation, or advice of any kind. The information contained herein may contain information that is subject to change without notice. Any investments or strategies referenced herein do not take into account the investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific person. Product sustainability must be independently determined for each individual investor. Potterack Capital Advisory explicitly disclaims any responsibility for product suitability or suitability determinations related to individual investors.